0: Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of Inside the Walls podcast. Alongside me is my host, Partner Crime, host of the Prime Cuts of Omaha Beat podcast, Matt Patton, and the Commissioner of the NAL, Todd Walkenhorst. Gentlemen, how are everyone doing today?
1: We're doing good.
2: Good evening, Stan. Try to stay warm.
1: <laughs> yeah, one hundred percent. Definitely cold over here in uh, Omaha, but. Uh, yeah, looking forward to chatting with uh, Mr. Horse tonight. So,
0: Well, this is the episode 131. This is the State of the League episode for the people who are new to Inside the Walls. We do this once a year. Probably we'll do another one before the postseason, before the championship game. But we get the commissioner on. Last year we had uh, Siegfried. This year we have the new commissioner, Todd Walking Commish, Todd what was the journey to becoming the commissioner of the National Arena League? Um, and getting to this position, what's your goals, your mindsets, and your ideas for 2024 and beyond?
2: Well, um, appreciate you having me on here, first off. Um, and in the uh coverage of our league, uh, besides losing a game of rock, paper, scissors and becoming the commissioner, I mean, it's uh, it is a lot. No, just joking. It's a long, uh, it's a long journey for me. I know, uh, I think I, you know, I know Matt a little bit, uh, my background, I, I, I made some bad career choices. I actually out of college started in the NFL for several years. I was with the Kansas city chiefs, uh, in the coaching, uh, staff, uh, video coaching with Marty Schoenheimer back in the late nineties and then end up in Seattle with the Seahawks for uh, several years with Mike Holmgren, uh, around the turn of the century. And then, uh, got out of that, moved back to Omaha and, uh, had a business background and, and kind of, you know, there's a team in, in, in Omaha. So I kind of approached them about, about following. And then quite frankly, it was the, it was the off season of indoor football that really got me. I mean, I know everybody's always talking about the excitement of indoor football, which it is. I mean, it's a, it's a great sport, but, uh, the business part of indoor football is just a train wreck. I mean, it's just, it's crazy, you know, and you can see it from all the teams that come and go every year and uh, business wise, it was very interesting to me. And, and I was started with them. I, I'll be honest. I started as an intern. I mean, I had NFL experience. <laughs> I went to the beef and spent some time there and worked my way up and uh, ended up starting to do league stuff. And, um, you know, it, I brought a unique position of having football operations, you know, What's important to football players having quality product on the field with a business background as well. Like we have to stay in business and keep the lights on. And uh, you know, it's tough to balance that. I mean, I think we've seen that. There's a reason that uh, you know, teams longevity unfortunately is not as long as we'd like to see. Leagues' longevities, you know, they come and go. And uh, you know, we're fortunate in this league to have two of the longest teams in the in the country when it comes to this business and, and a lot of experience. And, and that's uh, what I'm looking forward to. I spent some time in the league office in the CIF as well, had the commissioner position for a little while there, but um, I'll be honest. I backed out of that. Uh, it was not a good situation. Uh, that league not surprised how that league ended. And uh, you know, and when the NAL formed, uh, you can ask Rob Storm and some of those guys. They actually asked asked me a couple of times to come on because I wanted to make sure that this was uh, a group of owners that had the same mindset as I did. And that's to uh, obviously have a quality entertainment product, but I also want to do it professionally. I want to look professional. I want professional opportunity for the players, for the coaches. Uh, we know our spot. You know, I mean, I know where these guys are in their career. Some are going up, some are going down, but I want to be a good professional experience. And, uh, you know, that's what we're going to do, uh, with the NAL, uh, obviously a lot of transition in all these leagues. This has been a very special year for that. Uh, but I like where we're headed and I'm sure you got some questions about how this is all shook out here in 2024.
0: Well, I got questions and we have fans that submitted questions that ask questions about those questions. So there's a couple of them coming down your way. Uh, absolutely. Um, first off, uh, when I saw your name hit the news wire that you're going to be the next commissioner of the league, I was like, okay, he has a background. I like backgrounds. I like people right. with backgrounds with a big three letter league, the NFL. When you have that background, like I could trust someone, uh, because we know the national football league is the, they are the king of the sport. They are the billion dollar corporation that everyone strives to become, but they have a model that makes them who they are. Sure. Um, uh, but when I saw you join I was like, okay, I like the movement. When the and NAL started adding some of the teams, especially Sioux City and Omaha, you bring in the foundation. Um, unfortunately for me, my fandom is with my local team here in Jacksonville. We were associated with NAL last year. Now we're in the uh, IFL. But I never, you know, I don't take that against the NAL. I still love the NAL because that was our first home uh, when we, the league was born in 2017. Yep. Um, A lot of uh, things I see from this year and compared to last year from outside Zerber is the communication within the league is complete 180 from what it was six months ago. Then again, I guarantee there's a lot of fans out there and a lot of people out there. Yes, it was chaotic six months ago in the National Marine League. We had teams just falling like flies before the postseason. Um, This is early observation. How are the eight teams doing right now? exactly 50 days roughly 50 days until training camp
2: right um all good questions there's a few questions in there let me uh let me start i do want to do a shout out to chris siegfried and acknowledge what he did for this league i know it's uh uh, being in this position it's very easy to judge and you know uh i've seen a lot of opinions on (laughs) you know on chris especially towards the end of the the tenure but Uh, I got a chance to work with him. Uh, You know, you may remember that the CIF and AL were talking about a merger a few years ago. Uh, COVID Mm -hmm. kind of derailed that. So, and looking back, God, I wish that would have actually happened because I think that would have been very healthy for a lot of those teams and we would have had a good uh, situation. But it did not. But uh, as you pointed out, you know, it sometimes looks like it's really rough, and it is. But keeping all of those teams, I mean, you're talking about, lot of individual small businesses with their own unique uh, circumstances. Keeping all of those together is a lot easier said than done. I mean, it's just like, whoa, why'd you let them in? Boy, it's obvious that they weren't going to, you know, make it or whatever. That's true. But you know, sometimes you have to do that to help the whole, you know, I mean, there's just so much balances. I mean, I, I always call it juggling bowling balls, you know, it's a difficult thing to do. So Again, you know, a lot of respect for what Chris did to get through the first seven years. Uh, I know there's a lot of teams that came in and out. Uh, but that is something that uh, you then mentioned, the 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 you know the transparency of this league and the uh, communications. We are working on that. When I came in here, I'll be honest, there's a lot more work to do. I mean, uh, you know, I mean, it was a little silent there for a little while. And there's just, again, a lot of transition going on. It was a epic off-season as far as team movement, league movement, uh, for even indoor football standards this year. This was something we haven't seen uh, previously. It kind of reminded me a lot of, you know, just conference realignment at the college level, you know, is, uh, is really shuffling of the chairs on a on a lot of different, uh, you know, leagues and whatnot. So uh, we've got that into place. The teams that came in, uh, and again, I'll fully transparent with you, you know, that happened before I came on board here. So my job is to make sure uh, that they are going to be successful and put the tools in place. And, you know, right now I'm going through a due diligence of of those teams to make sure. I mean, I got the checklist. Here's where you need to be right now. Uh, we're doing temperature checks, uh, you know, and I'll be frank with you. If, if anybody doesn't check out, they're not going to be in this league. You know, I mean, I mean I'd love to be like all the teams are going to be here. That is my plan. That's the goal. I mean, it would be crazy for it not to be. But, you know, if it doesn't happen, it's, we're going to find that out in advance. I'm not going to wait until, you know, halfway through the season. That That's obviously uh, bad for everybody involved. It makes it a muster your situation. So, uh, yeah, so then the next question, well, why didn't you do the due diligence before? I can't answer that question. I wasn't here. We will do that going forward in a better way. Uh, again, I don't know if everybody knew how this league was going to shake out. Obviously, some teams came over before other teams left. Uh, would we have liked to have seen them stay? Absolutely, but everybody had their reasons. But, uh, you know, the teams that came over, I was in communication with. They knew that this was a possibility, too, and they are ready to to accept that because, you know, quite frankly, and Jim, you followed this uh, for the last several years, this is a very good brand. The National Arena League, mm-hmm. uh, despite some of the movement that they've had for teams, has put out a very good product and, and is a very good brand, and then having the nets as well, just create a product that, you know, quite frankly, is just visually appealing and looks more probably even professional. And uh, the teams that came over were very excited to be a part of this league. And, you know, Carolina is a team that remained. Uh, and Rob's very passionate about this league, as you know, Rob Storm. Uh, and he's been very instrumental in, in what I've done here and and welcoming me in and giving me the tools that I need to be able to do that. And that's my directive is to make this, league solid. We will grow the footprint uh, after this season, but we'll be solid this year. We're going to have the product that we expect out there. Uh, again, a professional looking product. And we believe we have our spot and we will grow naturally. And uh, the fans hopefully will enjoy what we put on the field.
0: Matt.
1: Yeah, no, that's great. Um, yeah. I'd just love to hear that. Um, I guess, you know, like you were talking about doing some due diligence. So obviously talk about why it's important for the uh, NAL to have, um, organizations like the Omaha beef who are the longest running team in the, in the, uh, indoor football scene and the Sioux city bandits as part of the league.
2: Well, I mean, you know, obviously, uh, I've worked with those teams before, uh, in the league that they're in, but, you know, I don't think that there would be any, league in this business that would not want teams with that sort of stability and, more importantly, experience of their staffs and owners and 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 the expectations of the fan bases that come along with that. I mean, obviously, it gives you some legitimacy. It gives you some stability. Uh, it's a model that even, you know, in our weekly calls and in our uh, correspondence with other other teams, we, you know we turn to them to show these teams, you know, here's, you know, you're a newer team. Here's some teams that have done it and done it well for a long time. Uh, again, it's, it's not easy, you know, if so, we'd have, you know, several teams that have been 20 plus years, but you could probably count, you know, on your hands, how many teams in, in any of these indoor arena leagues have been around that long, you know? So that experience in is very invaluable. We're, we're very happy to have that here. Uh, and hey, we looked to pass that around, and again, uh, I think it's just kind of a cornerstone of our league now. Um, and, you know, we hope to have a lot more teams uh, be as successful as them, create the fan base. I mean, Carolina's got a rabid fan base. I'm, I'm very excited to have them in. Uh, you know, we've got a couple expansion teams. Idaho, though, you know, uh, what Chris is doing, Chris Reynolds is doing out there, uh, that fan base is ready to go. You know, we're excited to have them in here too. And then we got some newer ones. Uh, you know, we got Colorado. Uh, they're, they're getting everything together. And then uh, I'll tell you, the team to watch, you know, well, two of the old uh, CIF teams, I guess. Uh, Topeka, you know, this is a team that's won one game in their history. Uh, but I've been down there. They sell the place. I mean, it's crazy, right? Um, they're going to have a better team. I've seen some of the players that they've been signing already. Uh, and, and they've got good mm-hmm. coaching staff now. But, you know, those fans are ready for football and people are going to enjoy going to games there. And we're happy to see that. And then uh, that we were able to bring Enid back, <laughs> you know, it, the flying aces. Uh, they supported a team for, you know, a couple of years in the old CIF, had some workman's comp issues and had to had to bail, unfortunately. But uh, ownership, you know, you, you always hear him say, hey, we hope to come back. Usually that means, you know, thanks for everything. We'll see you later, but they were able to do it. And I'm happy that they're able to do that because that's another great fan base. That's uh, looking forward to having that product there again.
0: I know I, uh, we mentioned this a little bit before, uh, the landscape of our industry has changed. Leagues collapse or dissolve <laughs> teams yeah. move between new leagues every single year. Um, and some form <laughs> out of the ashes of the past and others, uh, are going on in their 16th or their 17th year of existence. What is yeah. your opinion and feelings about the landscape of indoor slash arena football this day and age, good or bad?
2: Well, you know, I mean, I think in general, uh, you know, there were better days of it. You know, there's a variety of reasons for that. I mean, obviously the early days of indoor and arena were epic and everybody's been trying to recapture that ever since. And, you know, it goes anywhere from, you know, less entertainment options back then to uh, the workman's comp was a lot cheaper. <laughs> you know, there's there financial reasons that uh, it worked be- a little bit better back then. Um, but, you know, it's still a great product. And the fact that it's been around for 25 plus years, 30 years, if you count the, the arena leagues, is a testament to uh, that fans want that product. So uh, I think you're kind of looting. there's been some movement this year. You know, there's been some leagues that are coming back in, uh, you know, and, you know, I I watch the internets and whatnot. You know, it's it's kind of funny. There seems to be a lot of I mean, there's a lot of passionate fans. And that's good. You know, I think that's a good sign, you know, for all these leagues that are coming back and the teams that are coming back. Um, I'll tell you the National Arena League's position on it is, you know, we hope that there are a lot of successful teams in whatever league. I'll be honest with you, you know, having successful teams and leagues is not an issue for us. You know, the more successful teams there are, the better it is for the business as a whole. I mean, that's that's really how I feel about it. I might have some different problems got like to deal with down the road. You know, I mean, it mergers or if losing teams or getting teams. or whatever, But those are good problems, you know, that if the product is successful, uh, what I know owners and fans do not like and not naming any leagues or anything particular, but we've seen this historically is, you know, teams that are coming in or leagues that are not successful, not run professionally, you know, uh, end up failing in burning markets or burning players or burning, you know, fans. That's frustrating to a lot of people that have been around this game and business for a long time. So, you know, yep. we would love to see very successful professionally run teams and organizations. There is not an issue for that. Uh, I know there's a league coming back that's, you know, Uh, been around before it existed when these leagues were around before it wasn't an issue. It's not going to be an issue. Uh, If the arena football league becomes what they were originally, you know, that was a, that was a destination for players. So we'll go analyze whatever the landscape is. You know, we got new spring leagues, you know, if, if it works for the players and that's part of their advancement, we figure that into how we deal with those players in our teams and leagues. So, you know, to me, the, having good professionally run organizations, good football opportunities. Again, you know, I spent a lot of time uh, working in professional leagues and developing players. I want players to have those opportunities. I don't want players to have bad opportunities. And then that trickles down to obviously fans. We want them to have good markets, good experiences, good teams in those areas. So, you know, so they do like the product no matter what league or what team it is.
0: I know we touched up – this is another follow-up – And then I'll let Matt ask his. Expansion is always the major topic in our Mm -hmm. sport. The rumors on social media, fans going crazy about certain teams in certain cities, either unproven markets or damaged markets. What are the benchmarks of expansion team to be achieved in the National Arena League? What are the must that need to happen, like availability of arena? Do you have your fields, your boards, anything? What are the benchmarks that need to happen for an expansion team to even be announced?
2: Yeah, I mean, we have to have, you know, financial stability. I mean, that's that's the first part. And that leads to everything you just mentioned. I mean, we'll find you a field. We'll find you boards. We'll find you nets. We need, you know, a dedicated group. And we got to be very realistic with these ownership groups, what that looks like. I mean, you know, all of you that have been around this for a long time know that, uh, again, this is not the NFL. It's not NFL-type money. You know, it's a labor of love. You know, we want teams to be profitable, not lose money. And we're very realistic, you know, with people when they come, hey, I want to own a team, you know, what that looks like. So, you know, we want to, you know, and whether it's this league or previous leagues we were in, be very clear with people what that looks like uh, and set those expectations. Now, that being said, you know, there are markets that we would love to be in. Uh, it doesn't take a rocket surgeon to figure out I need to fill out our footprint a little bit going forward because I got a couple teams that, you know, are not centrally located. And and, you know, for them to survive long term, we need to, uh, you know, expand towards them a little bit. So uh, that will be a goal for us. We have teams that have already reached out to us, you know, for uh, 2025. We have them on tap, you know, and we're, we're talking with them again, they need to meet those criteria, And I know all the leagues that are successful, you know, same thing. Uh, And we are comfortable that we'll be able to have, uh, you know, healthy organic growth. You know, again, it's really up to us to have a solid product that makes teams want to come to us. And like you mentioned, that's another advantage of having teams that have long tenures, you know, so uh, that gives the stability of the league and it makes teams want to come and participate in your league. And you know, hats off the IFL. They're they're doing a real good job of this now, right? You know, they have a very solid uh business model. They've done a great job over the years, you know, and uh they're they're doing kind of the same thing. We know where our place is, uh, you know, uh, <laughs> and I think they know their place. And you know, I I won't say one's better than another, but I think we have different uh goals in the long run. But you know, there's better fits for different markets, and uh, you know, I think it's a matter of, you know teams finding out where that works out for them.
0: Well, one thing I've noticed over the years is the both IFL and NAL, we've gone through our trials and tribulations. We've had a lot of teams come and go and the ones that have longevity are the ones that are still playing today. Mm-hmm. So, it ha- it's, it's like experience. You got to learn from your mistakes in both leagues. That's one thing I have respect for the IFL and the NAL, it's they learn from their mistakes. Each and every year, and they improve on that the next year, and that's that's a sign of a healthy league is improving on yourselves. Um, again, asking the same ordeal. We were talking about the ownership, and in this industry, there's a lot of people with good intentions to operate a team, but and they have the financial backing to operate such team, but they get blindsided by the day to day operations of an organization, thus creating bad habits. What's the National Arena League? What's what are you doing? to help these potential and current owners or new owners. How are you helping these ownership groups to organize and prepare so you can have a longevity, just not get through the season, but have multiple seasons in the league?
2: Yeah. I mean, and that's again, just having the uh, experience in the league that we had, you know, we have weekly ownership calls. I mean, that's not a big deal. Obviously that that's uh, pretty simple, but this week in particular, we just went through and we literally, you know, discussed each team what they do what's their best sources of revenue as far as marketing uh you know how are they you know creating revenue i mean we should share that with everybody obviously right uh so we have teams that are more successful than others we got newer teams we share that information on top of that you know do we have a national sponsor obviously do we want to share that you know um you know you 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 would love to just be like, there's a magic wand. There's big sponsors out there and it's gonna bring a bunch of money. And, you know, it's just gonna be great. You know, you got to grind. And I think that's really the reality. And, and what's really, uh, probably what a lot of people don't see is how much work these owners have to put in. And I mean, Sioux city, I don't know how many sponsors they have over the years. You know, they're a great example of that. Omaha's a very good job of that. Carolina's doing a very good job Mm -hmm. of that. Uh, you know, and you have to keep those relationships. And once you have them, then, you know, you have to, you have to deliver, you know, I can say whatever I want during the off season, but if I don't put a team on the field in these markets and a quality product, uh, you know, those teams will not survive. So that's, what's really important for us. Uh, We share a lot of knowledge. I got some newer owners, but again, I got owners that have been doing this for a long time as well. We're very fortunate to have that insight that we can share and and really, Mm Uh, you know, bounce ideas off of each other and and make everybody better. You know, this league's only as good as their weakest team. And I think, you know, that's the same for every league. So, uh, you know, we're going to do everything we can to to raise everybody up.
0: Uh, one of the things I've noticed yeah, about it, the indoor and arena in community is a healthy organization. Look at the dashboards. If they're mm-hmm. full of advertisements, that means the local community is bought into that team. If there's blank spaces on those boards, that's a sign of an organization that's struggling and needs help or as an organization that just quit. Yep. Um, but Omaha is a great example. Jacksonville is a great example. Carolina with, uh, with Rob Storms a great example. You look there, you see chiropractors, car dealerships, salons, barbecues, Bill and Ted's uh, restaurant. That's the sign of a healthy uh, operation especially in the indoor game. Matt sorry, I cut you off my friend go ahead.
1: that's okay. You, you you know you were talking about having the established markets and we talked a little bit about having Omaha and Sioux City but like but talk about how those guys are helpful to these new owners that you mentioned. you talked about having some brand new owners and you don't have to be specific with like you know Ricky or anybody else but just how specific, you know how do those guys help out these new owners to make sure that those new owners are understanding what they need to be doing?
2: Well, again, you know, we're, we're in constant communication. So, you know, we're going to make sure that everybody's in the right place, Uh, you know, and if you're not, we're going to do what we can to help you if we can. Uh, But I think you've seen a lot of, uh, you know, these teams, as we announced them, uh, you know, some of these owners were at those locations when that occurred. And, you know, and obviously some of that's a little PR, but, you know, the bigger piece of that is actually teaching them how to do some of this. I mean, we, you know, we have a, you know, basically an instruction manual this is how we run franchises this is what the expectations are I mean it sounds very basic but yeah you have to you know make sure you have all this stuff in place you know you have to have dashboards you have to have a field I mean that sounds pretty brain dead simple but you know uh you'd be surprised right um and then you know where do we go get our money from right you know I mean how do we sell tickets you know you better be selling your tickets by now right you know and you have to work at doing that. I mean, it's not magic. It's not just, I just put them online. Hey, tickets are here. You still got to go out and sell those things. Same with sponsorships. I mean, um, I've never seen anybody actually, I mean, it. I shouldn't say that, but it's very tough to go sell a sponsorship to a company via, you know, a, a, an ad. I mean, you're not going to post an ad and some companies are going to go, okay, cool. I'm going to give them $2,000. I mean, you've got to show them value you know, cause you're selling to another small business and that's a lot of money to that business. You know, uh, you got to build that relationship. You got to grind. I mean, the teams that do this the best have sales guys and that, you know, in any industry, I mean, I've worked in software too. I mean, getting good salespeople is, you know, way easier said than done. And if you get one, you know, it's gold, right? Uh, they could go out and create a lot of revenue for you. Uh, but it's a lot of work and that's really, I think that's where, uh, People, you know, when people are not successful in this industry, that's where, you know, you'll see some of that, you know, is they don't understand or didn't realize just how much you're going to have to go out there and, you know, boots on the ground and, you know, shaking hands and and visiting people and multiple visits, you know, to close that deal and whatnot. Uh, It's not an easy thing. You know, It's, it's, again, it's a labor of love and, uh, and, you know, teams that have been around, have a little more advantage, you know, you could bring them into an existing, you know, venue and, and whatnot. And newer teams, it's a lot harder, you know, you're selling a little bit more of a, a dream, you know, until it becomes reality. Uh, but, you know, that's, that's what you got to do. And it's, uh, uh, you know, it's not not all that glamorous, unfortunately, sometimes.
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, So, you know, I mean, last season, you know, we saw, if you don't mind, we're going to get into some, uh, some, some, you know, nuts and bolts rules type stuff. Right. Sure. So um, one of the things that's coming up, obviously for me, being a fan of Omaha, some of the other leagues, the indoor football league and stuff like that, they don't have the, the rebound nets that we're going to be seeing this year in NAL. So talk a little bit about number one, how those, Nets can impact the game for fans that aren't used to seeing them? And then number two, do you think that we'll see a movement back towards that in national within this game?
2: Yeah, I probably should, you know, the elephant in the room, you know, we haven't done a real good job of really promoting this yet, but you know, what rules are you playing with? Right. Uh, National arena league will be playing indoor football rules, you know, with the nets and the kicking rules, basically for, all the kicking nets are live. Everything that involved the nets we're bringing over from the national arena league. Otherwise the football rules themselves will be traditional indoor football rules, which is basically the CIF. There is no iron man. I know there's some people that, you know, get real uh, attached to one set of rules or another Uh, there's, you know, there's, there's reasons for that. It wasn't just a, you know, because there's more, you know, teams that came from the indoor Uh, it really came down to, you know, if you watch the the leagues that were doing this, uh, you know, it's tough to keep track of those players that come in and out. You know, that's another element that you had to do. Uh, There's more opportunities if we have, you know, non-Ironman. I enjoyed the Ironman, you know, obviously it's another level to the game. It's 2024. We know what, you know, safety is a different thing now, you know, having guys out there the entire time, you know, it makes sense to be able to substitute them in and out. So uh, it is an indoor football rule book. Basically, it's the CIF rules with the rebound nets for kicking. Now, that I think is going to be a great thing. We're really looking forward to that. One of the things that was, uh, again, I wasn't in the league last year, but I, I was observing and did do some radio with one of the teams. The kicking in the CIF last year was a disaster. I mean, I'll just go out there and put that out there conversions, whatnot. Uh, they changed those rules two, three, four point. I mean, I don't know what, you know, what they were thinking. Uh, I do know how it happened, but I won't get into that. But uh, in essence, what it did was non-football people made those rules and they eliminated kicking in that league, you know, and it just devalued kicking completely. And uh, this corrects that real quick because, you know, the deuces in play, you know, on the kickoff, if you watched the NAL last year, Uh, There were teams that, you know, if you nail that deuce, that's two points per kickoff, you know, if you put it between the uprights. Otherwise, it's live off the nets. Now you got uh, a return. If you don't put it off the nets, you know, on the kickoff, it's a point to the other team. So you have to put the ball into play now. Uh, I think we're going to see a lot more of excitement. I think we put kicking back into the game and put a value on the kicker, which uh, I really think is important. You know, I mean, I'm a big fan of kicking. (laughs) I might be in the minority of that. Uh, but you know, it's, it's the third phase of the game, special teams, you know, and uh, you know, I, I, I think it's important to have that in there Uh, to follow up on your question about the nets. You know, I think everybody knows, you know, that was arena football league. There's a patent on it. It expired. So now it's available for teams. NAL brought that back into play. Um, You know, I I would would not surprise me to see other leagues do that. Uh, If you're a bigger league, I'm not going to, you know, name anybody, but, you know, if you have the resources, do that. Obviously, there's a cost to it too. So, if you're one of the smaller leagues, you may not do it. Uh, but I think it's going to add an element to the game that you know there may be other leagues that look at doing it. And you know, I think it's better. I think everybody would done that from the get go if it wasn't for the patents. You
0: know, well, as a fan of the sport, um, as an arena, I, I like both brands, arena and indoor, and they all have the unique. St- different torques in it and tweaks and the two mo- two high motion men yep. compared to the one but one thing i've noticed and have conversations with coaches in this industry players get a better opportunity and spotlight for scouts in the indoor version of the game than the mm-hmm. arena game arena game you just beat your one man and you are good in the indoor game you still got to find a way to get around safety know how to put a ball into placement it's a different style of game so I have built like I know the niche of arena and indoor are two different types, but I like the concept. But mixing the nets with the indoor game that's nice. I, I, I love I, I love nets, and honestly, I think the nets for the indoor version of the game is something that would be very common within the leagues of the top tier leagues within the next two to three years, in my opinion. Yeah, it wouldn't surprise um, me to see that, but the NAL is the first one. NL is the first one to do it. So, yeah, we've done a poor job of promoting that.
2: I'll be honest with you. I mean, I think it's going to be very exciting. You know, I think it is the best of both worlds. Uh, again, it was not knee jerk that we decided to go with the indoor rules. There was a lot of analysis, believe it or not, to that. You pointed on some of that. I think it is better for players in the long term. We've had a lot of development through whether it's, uh, you know, when I was involved with the CIF, the CPIFL before that. Omaha was in the IFL, you know, obviously when that thing started and other leagues before that, we've seen players go upstream, you know, uh, they do develop that skill set, um, you know, some of it's even like, you know, officiating, it's easier to get yeah. officials, you know, with this set of rules, you know, then, you know, you, arenas could be a whole different set of rules. So just, I mean, we don't have the resources to go you know, and, and develop a special set of officials for arena either, you know? So, I mean, there's a lot of factors that went into it. I think it's going to be a, you know, a, a good brand of football and, and yeah, we are a little unique that we will be the first playing the indoor football rules with the arena nets. And uh, you know, we may have to tweak it a little bit cause we are going to be first on that, but I think it's going to be a, a you know, another factor in our game that fans are going to really enjoy. And obviously you walk into the arena, right? You see the nets. I mean, it's pretty cool, right? So uh, visually it's going to be appealing and, and there's going to be more action just naturally. Cause again, you know, kicks are in play and, and those nets are live.
0: Also, again, we're talking about the rules and the new era NAL, um, I'm, I'm consider a stats freak. I know you've watched some of my old shows last season, how I break down shows and break down teams and stats last season. The average stoppage time for replays was five minutes and 26 seconds. Is there yeah. anything the league is going to do to help speed up that process? Yes.
2: <laughs> I, I'll be honest. I, 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 got some officiating background too. I worked with the officiating department back in the NFL days and whatnot, mm-hmm. uh, Not to age myself, but I was in the NFL when we brought back replay back in in uh, 99. But it's replay drives me nuts for officiating because I just don't believe it's uh, doing what they originally intended for. And the original intent was to reverse calls that were obviously missed. You know, it wasn't to go frame by frame and try to find, you know, these minute little details. And that's really what it's come down to. Um, you know, I'm going through our rule book and our operation manual. It's actually in the NAL, uh, and the CIF operations manual that no replay, uh, can take over three minutes. (laughs) If not, it stands right. If you don't have a trust me, that's, I highlighted that. I'm like, we will enforce that. I mean, there's just, if you can't distinguish, you know, a, a blown call or a change that quickly, it's not, it's, you know, it's. Again, in the NFL, when they brought it back, you know, Mike Holmgren, who I I worked for, was on the competition committee. I remember him saying, you know, uh, we want it that if there's 20 drunk guys in a bar and they see the call and it's wrong, that they can tell it was wrong and we want to fix that call. You know, that's what the intent of it is. So we want to fix bad calls. Mm -hmm. I don't want to go and, you know, again, spend a lot of time on it. It's a fast-paced game. Uh, You know, that's the intent. But, yeah, you are correct. It drove me nuts when I'd see them spend five or six minutes on a call that probably wasn't even that important, <laughs> to be honest with you, too. It slows everything down. So it will be a point of emphasis uh, with our officiating crews this year. Um, we're spending a lot more time training our officiating crews. I know officiating at every level. Uh, needless to say, I mean, all the way up to the NFL, you know, looks like it needs work. We want to make sure we – we're never going to have perfect games. Right. You know, I mean, that's just a part of it, but mm-hmm. we want to make sure our officials are uh, well-versed in the rules, know the rules, have good mechanics. If they don't get calls, right. It's because, you know, just you miss calls Like that will happen. If I don't want, because they don't know the rule or they're not in the right place mechanically. So we're going to make sure that we, you know, work with our officials to do that and, and hopefully speed the game along and, and make it, uh, you know, I don't want to be answering a lot of officiating (laughs) emails during the season. You know, Uh, we want to keep it focused on the play and hopefully not the officials. That's, that's, is a goal of ours.
1: Yeah. So throughout the years, you know, in arena, uh, indoor football, arena football, we've really kind of only had, you know, like the one primary camera angle where, you know, sideline upper view from down on the field. Is there any kind of work potentially behind the scenes or can you even talk about it uh, to get, multiple camera angles so that, that when they do have to do a replay, it doesn't take that five minutes and 26 seconds or whatever it is that's been averaging.
2: Yeah. We're, we're a little handcuffed based on the, you know, uh, the facility and, you know, the, the technology they have at each individual facility, obviously we do have, uh, you know, a recommended, you know, three camera, uh, setup for every broadcast, uh, I believe with the facilities we have, we should be having a minimum of that uh, in the National Arena League this year. So I feel confident on that. Uh, but, you know, each venue is a little bit different. And that is another thing that's always bothered me on replay is, you know, I don't have the same experience in every venue. Right. Uh, I know there's some I mean, I, I remember some arenas that, you know, I know if they miss a call in certain places on the field, there's no chance of it getting reviewed or overturned because you can't see it. Right. So, you know, uh, you know, so that's kind of like, to me that that's not a, a fair thing, but you know, our goal is to have, like you said, at least the three cameras, it's pretty obvious you have the high, high center camera. And then two, at least in the corners that we get as much of the field as possible. We have a, uh, you know, we've always had a quality rating on the camera that we need, you know, an HD type camera, but, uh, it's 2024, so hopefully everything is HT at this point. Uh, and then you know, uh, it depends on if they have an actual production facility in the arena. So you know, like Sioux City, I believe, and in, in Omaha, in Carolina, you know, they've got the Jumbotron in there. So you know, they got a little more functionality. Then uh you know a couple arenas i remember that you know has a guy literally at the camcorder doing coaching film and that's what they got to rely on so that's a little bit of the challenge but i think we've got some good facilities and and you know we will make the most out of what we have though but we do have some guidelines that we try to adhere to
1: yeah so while we're on the topic of rules right, so. for 2024 we did ask some we did ask some of our fans to come in and, uh, sorry, uh, give us some questions. So we have a question for you from one of our fans, Dave Williams, uh, sent this in and he said, uh, other than what you've already talked about, are there any other rule changes coming for 2024 in the National Arena League?
2: Um, Really, there's no big real uh, rule changes. Uh, that was one of the things that we did have to do is uh, put, you know, merge the rules sets together. So, um you know i tried to find some inconsistencies they're very minor i don't think they're anything that a, you know a normal fan's gonna notice some of its timing rules some of its you know how they place the ball you know stuff like that uh it was kind of interesting because it sounds easy just take the two rule books and put them together one league's rule book was like 48 pages the other one was 160 so you know it's like one was a little more thorough than the other uh so some of it though, was repetitive. So it's been a little bit more of a project than I was planning on. I put some more time into that, but uh, yeah, overall, I don't think you're going to see any major rules. If you're coming from the arena, yeah, it's going to be a little bit of a major rule. So uh, again, if you're familiar with that, it's uh, I guess the changes would be uh, more for the arena uh, fan. So you're going to see two men. High motion is allowed Uh, a linebacker always has to be five yards from the snap. And uh, stationary at the snap, uh, they can be within. Uh, if you get within the goal line, they could be within that far away, so they could creep up. So if they're at the two yard line, they could be two yards out, or one yard line, one yard out. The belt. That's gonna be that's gonna be most of the major stuff you're gonna see. Uh, that's gonna be the big changes. Uh, you know, they don't have the jack in the box that you have uh, uh, in the arena league, uh, and then the Ironman I think are the big ones.
0: So former host, Zach Kyleman, uh chimed in with the question. Uh, how do you intend to grow the league to maximize its potential on its assets in 2024?
2: No, that's a great question. And uh, again, I think, uh, you know, our goal is to present a very professional looking league. And I think, you know, uh, when everything plays out after this year, you know, um, I think if we have a solid outing, You know, we're going to, along with the things that we talked about, you know, resources, having the experience, uh, we're going to naturally grow, is is my belief. Now, we're out there. We've got, I mean, I've got people right now that are reaching out to us. You know, we're we're vetting them for 2025. We've got teams in leagues that exist right now that have already reached out to us. I mean, I'll just leave it at that, you know. Uh, There'll be more movement, I believe, in 2025. There's movement every year. Uh, and we're going to be very intentional with that movement and who we bring in. Um, my goal is not necessarily to have a huge league. I just want to have a, again, a successful professional looking league. I, We obviously do have some uh, areas in the footprint I'd like to grow, you know, that just makes it a little bit easier for our existing members. Uh, but we're going to favor our early members, you know, uh, over, you know, members down the road. You know, we're going to make it easier for Idaho to travel. We're going to make it easier for Carolina to travel. Uh, That's our emphasis. So, um, you know, we do put some work out, you know, uh, to get those expansions. But uh, what I know is in the pipeline right now, I already feel pretty good about uh, after this season.
1: Yeah, awesome. Thank you. Uh, so last year, uh, it kind of felt like the larger market teams signed like some big stars like a week before the playoffs. Um, and so just another fan question that we got was, will there be a signing or trade deadline this season?
2: Yeah, there is a there is a deadline. It's a, I believe it's going to be, again, the second to last week of the regular season. Uh, There'll be eligibility requirements out of that. The NAL already had. Uh, You can't leave a team that does not make the playoffs and then go to a team that's going to make the playoffs. So you can't be released as a free agent and then, and then come on to a playoff team. Uh, There's no reason that uh, we would prohibit uh, signing players late in the season that are better players. I mean, the NFL allows that right now, you know, I mean, if, if you're not on a team, you could come in. So, uh you know i don't think it's as big of an issue in our league i know there have been you know players that go from you know sometimes this league to other leagues uh but you know it's it's not uh it's not a huge issue it's not anything that i've really heard the owners uh complain about or or worry about too much or the coaches uh the caveat was as i said and and the alra has it uh is players leaving teams uh, that you know aren't going to make the playoffs can't join teams then later that are so you can't uh, you know get released mm-hmm. and then jump ship basically.
0: We had a, another fan question from Coach Mick from our Facebook uh, channel. Uh, this is kind of a hypothetical. This is this is fans being fans dreaming of po- possibilities, sure. seeing that the NAL did do their their rule changes. Is there any potential of an NAL versus IFL National Championship game?
2: Um, I would not ever say never. I would just, business-wise, I would uh, not expect the IFL to have any interest in that, I'll just be honest with you. Um, and that's not a discussion that's ever happened. So, uh, again, I won't say never, but I don't think that's necessarily on either of our radars at this point. Um, and one of it's going to be just season. You know, I mean, we don't end at the same time. So just financially, you would have to, you know, keep uh whoever it is is going to mm-hmm. have to keep players around for, you know, an extra few weeks. That you know, That's just not going to
0: happen at this point. Well, but I like the idea. That's I mean, it I'm not for I all the fan it. questions. But well, I guess it. Yeah. <laughs> right. As a oh, fan. I love, I love that idea. <laughs> right. <laughs> that's a fan. That, that's some sure. uh, Madden fantasy
1: dream. Yeah, absolutely. Like great right? teams and doing it. So it's actual live. Yeah. Yeah. Uh yeah, I mean that's one of those things that you always hear us thing. arguing about as fans, like like who's the best team? Blah blah blah. You know, yeah. that kind of right. Right. So, a, Yeah.
2: And, you know, and that's fun, but you know, business wise, logistics wise, you know, it's it's a long ways off from anything that could actually happen, unfortunately, or fortunately, depending on how you look at it, I suppose.
0: Uh with that, uh we're gonna end the show here, been out here for 15 minutes. Is there any parting words to the the National Marine League and its eight organizations. Um, and what you expect for the final what well, actually can't tell you prediction because that'd be conflict of interest. Uh, but what do you expect the 2024 season be like when it's all said and done come late July?
2: Um, I actually expect this league to, you know, be uh, pretty competitive uh, from what I've seen. I know, and I know fans don't like it, but there are some reasons, you know, the transaction list is not public. Uh, you guys can probably figure out why at this point. Uh, players are being announced by teams as they want, to. we leave that up to their discretion right now. But, you know, from what I have seen, I think we're going to have a very competitive league. That was something that, uh, you know, I I don't think the CIF was all that competitive, to be honest with you, last year. It didn't have the parity that it had, you know, in previous years. Uh, I think you had two teams that were, you know, zero or one win you know so it's a difficult uh league year for them i i don't really anticipate that in the nal this year i mean you're gonna have best team and worst team naturally but i think they're gonna be uh excited with the parity um i'm thankful for the fans of of all these leagues that have kind of combined uh i know this is not the national arena league from last year or you know previous years we've had a lot of turnover uh, but I think fans that like that game and that product and this brand, I hope stick around. I understand if your market's not in, it's tough to follow that. Uh, but I, I really believe in these owners and been very impressed with uh, the things that I've challenged them with and asked them to do. They're very receptive and have done it. Uh, and I think in the end, it's gonna be a, it's gonna be a league that I think it's gonna catch a lot of people by surprise. You know, it, it may take us a, a year to get our legs under us with the new. Uh, teams and footprints or whatnot, but I think it, I really believe that, you know, in the next year or two uh, and we have a little bit more growth and, you know, all the dust settles from all this, you know, realignment or, or whatever, I, I really believe we're going to be in a good position. Uh, you know, there, there's not a lot of leagues that have longevity that, you know, uh, these teams have had, you know, and, uh, hmm. and there's reasons for that. And we're going to continue to rely upon that and do what we know how to do. And put it like I keep saying, it's gonna be a professional product, you know. We don't want to be embarrassed by it, <laughs> you know. It, uh, that's really the bottom line on it. And uh and we do that for the fans and again so the players have good experiences. So uh we hope everybody follows along. Uh I think it's gonna be an exciting game with the the rule mix and the nets. And uh I'm looking forward to getting it going. So uh, hopefully we can, you know, chat some more during the season and, and we'll see where we're at, you know, uh, in about two months. But, uh, I think we're gonna catch a lot of people by surprise. We may not be as flashy as some of the, you know, other people out there, but, uh, I know it, it really comes down to, we're gonna get judged on what we put on the field and, and our broadcasts and, and, and that product. And, and that's what we're spending our time on. And, and I'm looking forward to getting that out there.
1: Matt, any parting words? No I mean I, I'm looking forward to the season uh, all the all the new teams and, and the new league and just uh, want to thank you again for your time tonight uh, Todd and, and joining us to talk about the league this season.
2: I appreciate you guys taking time out to uh, do it here and uh, you know it's it's coming coming quick so uh, we're looking forward to it and, and hopefully we chat again.
0: Okay, Commissioner, uh, stay on the line until we do the outro to the fans, to the people here watching this on Inside the Walls podcast and on the official podcast of National Arena League and on nationalarenaleague.com. At Next episode, next week, we'll get into the preseason breakdowns of different National Arena League teams. We might be starting in Colorado, maybe Oklahoma. Keep your eyes on updates here on Inside the Walls podcast. I'm Jim. That's Matt. That's Commissioner Todd Walkinghorse. This is Inside the Walls podcast. This is National Arena League. We'll see you guys next week.